today, the reason we kind of had chosen and the reason why I asked him to do that particular track is today we're looking at a prophet called um, Jeremiah and it kind of fits in with a similar theme, although what happens here is kind of more like battle rapping. Um, that's kind of what this more fits into. So I'm going to go straight in. Jeremiah 27. In the beginning of the reign of King Zedekiah, the son of Joash, Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Thus says the Lord to me, make yourself straps. <laughs> Not those straps. <laughs> um, I didn't see that earlier when I read that. Straps, yoke and bars and put them on your neck. Send word to the king of Edom, the king of Moab and the other kings, the son of Ammon, the king of Tyre. Oh, these bad men. And then the king of Sidon, by the hand of the enemies who have come to Jerusalem to Zedekiah, the king of Judah. Give them this charge to their masters. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. This is what you shall say to your masters. In verse 5, it is I who by my great power and my outstretched arm have made the earth with men and animals that are on the earth. And I will give it to whomever seems right to me. Now I have given all these lands to the hand of King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. And I will gi- I've given him the beasts of the field to serve him, and all the nations serve him, and his sons, his grandson, until the time of his own land comes. Then many nations and great kings shall make him their slave. But if any nation or kingdom will not serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, um, and put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, I will punish that nation, which with sword, with famine, with pestilence, declares the Lord, until I have consumed it by his hand. So do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your fortune tellers, or your sorcerers, who say to you, you shall not serve the king of Babylon, for it is a lie. They are prophesying to you, with the result that you will be removed far from your home, and I will drive you out, and you will perish. But any nation that will bring its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, will leave, I will leave on its own land to work with and dwell there, declares the Lord. Now, when we read this, it's kind of like a bit of a doom and gloom thing. Now, sometimes with the prophets, it's not always like a happy ending. Sometimes there are seasons that people go through in life, that we go through in life, that are just tough and are just hard. But you see, the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 28, all things work together for good for those who love God according to his plans and purposes. I learned that verse at a church where if you didn't learn the memory verse, you got beat with a belt. And so I remember the first verse I ever learned was all things work together for those who love God while the guy threatens me with a belt. And I'm thinking, something's not quite adding up here. This, is, this isn't really working for me. But um, that's the ultimate context of this. Sometimes in life, things are tough. Sometimes things are difficult. Sometimes things aren't always easy. Sometimes you don't always coast through these things. And so people would hear Jeremiah and they wouldn't like what Jeremiah was saying. But what Jeremiah was saying was 100% true. And what God was doing was he was looking at people saying there's a huge empire coming. You guys haven't stuck with the agreement we had. You've moved and dished yourself in this relationship, but I still love you. And I want you to know that as I step back and these guys get more powerful, they're going to lay the smack down on you guys. Now, what you need to do, and he gets his prophet to do it. His prophet puts on like a yoke that you put on oxen. He says, you need to put this on. He says to show them that as he wears this, he says, guys, as soon as Babylon rocks up, just flip in, put on the yoke. Just go with it. Go, we're here to serve you. And as soon as you show that attitude, they will let you stay in your land. Things will be cool. Things will be okay. Now, we did a series a few months back called Lamentations, Ika, How, and we looked at suffering. And we looked at what they went through under Babylonian rule. And they went through the greatest suffering they've ever known. They went through the greatest poverty they've ever known. Women were eating their babies, eating their babies to survive. That's how depraved they were. Why? Because they didn't listen to this prophecy. Because God was saying, guys, they're going to move to you. And if you respond this way, everyone's going to stay within the country. Everyone's going to be okay. And you're going to live a great life. But if you stand up to them, 
these guys are going to devour you. They're going to take you out of your home. They get a heads up. They get a heads up and they make the wrong choice. And why do they make the wrong choice? Well, we're going to look at why they made the wrong choice. For the rest of this passage, um, Jeremiah is just going in and in and in, just explaining it in more detail. But if we skip to 28, chapter 28, in the same year, so the same time that Jeremiah has dropped his bars, released his mixtape, given them the insight on what's going to happen, in the same year, at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, the king of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year, Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet from Gibbon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of all the priests and all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehokam, the king of Judah, and all the exiles from Judah who went to Babylon, declares the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon." Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Hananiah the prophet in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet said, Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words you have prophesied come true and bring back this place from Babylon, the vessels of the house, um, the Lord and all his exiles. Yet hear now this word that I speak to you in hearing and the hearing of all people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophets who prophesied peace, when the word of that prophet comes to pass, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. Then the prophet Hananiah took the yoke from the neck of Jeremiah, and the prophet broke them. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, even so I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations within two years. We see this, it is, it is hardcore battle rapping. And not only is it battle rapping, they've come with flipping, he's come with a symbol around his neck. He's wearing the yoke that God has told him to wear to show the people this is how you need to respond. This guy, not only is he spat bars disagreeing with him, not only is he saying something completely different and the opposite, Jeremiah has the good courtesy to kind of say to him, you know what, well, it's a great thing with peace. And it's a true prophet when the peace becomes true, but we'll see what happens about that. Hananiah doesn't like what he said. And what we have here is we have two guys fighting for one, political power, for spiritual power, and for influence within an area. We've got two guys who basically, like they're doing hip-hop, someone drops a hot <coughs> mixtape. I don't know, who was it recently? That guy Chipmunk went mental about was it Tiny? No, Tiny Temper. Tiny Temper's dropped his thing. He's done a slight thing. Chipmunk's got a bit mental. And um, the memes going around of him with his eyes popping out of his head, I love on Twitter. And so you've got this clash going on, and you're fighting for supremacy. You're fighting for importance. You're fighting for power. You're fighting for influence. And these two guys are doing it. But there comes a point where Hananiah crosses all boundaries of respect. He takes a symbol that God has given. He breaks it, dashes it on the ground. And then starts to prophesy and continue and escalate things. It's like flipping Anchorman. That escalated real fast. So sometime the prophet Hananiah broke the bars from around the neck of Jeremiah the prophet. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Go tell Hananiah, thus says the Lord, you have broken wooden bars, but you have made, them, you have made in their place bars of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put upon the neck of all these nations an iron yoke to serve Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. And they shall serve him, for I have given him to him the, even the beasts of the field. And Jeremiah the prophet said to the prophet Hananiah, Listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, 
bruv. You're not even supposed to be here, fam. And you have made this people trust in a lie. Therefore, trust in the Lord. Behold, I remove you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die because you have uttered utter rebellion to the people against the Lord. In the same year, in the seventh month, the prophet Hananiah died. I was reading that last night. And I was like, jeez, when Hannah and I died, I was like, that escalated real fast. Mind me a brick. I killed a man. Yeah, you might want to lay low for a while. You're probably wanted for murder. So it was like this whole thing escalates real quick, but it's a really, really important thing. Why is it a really important thing? Well, we listened to kind of Ricardo's acapella of his track, Telelive Vision. And I think today we can look at things, and I see a lot of Christians online debating over different Bible teachers, this, that, and the other, and saying, oh, this guy's a false prophet, this guy's a false prophet, and they only label people false prophets that are kind of within Christianity that say things they don't like. I've been called a false prophet, and I'm down with that. I'm cool. I don't mind. Um, it means I'm probably doing something right. They've upset them. So I can roll with that. But ultimately, I think we need to be careful of the influences that we allow to speak and shape into our lives. Ricardo has mentioned television. Ricardo's mentioned bigger than that, kind of this media image. And in today, within our society, defining how we see, how we think, more than ever is television. More than ever is media, social media platforms, all these different things. We don't have to look very far to see the rise of UKIP. We don't have to look very far in the political, influential landscape to see people saying that the reason we have difficulty within our land is because of um, asylum seekers and the influx of people, when economically the amount of money they're taking up is nothing. When we look at the bailout of the bankers and 80 like, billion pounds goes towards that, and then we look at the banks that were bailed out and the exact same figure is the amount of bonuses that the key people receive within those organisations. But media and the powerful people that own and control point the finger at the poor and the afflicted, and the needy, and the vulnerable. And we have to be careful how we see things, how we label people, and how we treat people. Because God's word says that we are to love, and to honour, and to take care of the, the traveller within our society that comes to our door. Yet with a rise of popularity within media, we have looked at our woes and our problems, and we've pointed the finger at them. We've got a instability within our society where the rich and rich and rich are becoming much much richer and the middle class are getting squeezed out and the rich are telling the middle class it's the poor's fault (laughs) like the poor have influence and power and make decisions is their fault tell a lie vision tell a lie vision tell a lie and not only that if we are to look at jeremiah he preaches a message that is difficult one that isn't easy of hearing, one that no one wants to receive, one that no one wants to hear of the challenges within society and within the context, Hananiah comes along, says exactly what everyone wants to hear, and everything flows and everything fits, and everyone jumps on that bandwagon. But it costs his life. It costs his life. And more than it costs his life, because his life wasn't the big, big price, but the way they responded made things much more difficult within their national climate, amongst their people group, and they suffered greatly in the Babylonian dispersion. Probably the worst they've ever suffered. When we looked at the Eka series, one of the bars, we looked at one of the the bits of poetry we saw in the Lamentations, 
was that a person was comparing and said, we were worse than Sodom and Gomorrah because Sodom and Gomorrah got dealt with instantly, but we are still suffering now because they believed in a lie. They put their trust and lived their life and invested in something that wasn't for them and that wasn't about them. And so what I want to encourage us with today and what I want to challenge us with as we wrap up this series, F64, as we look at some of the hardest barers in the Old Testament, I want us to look at Jeremiah. I want us to see that we have these two messages. And you know what? We look at the scriptures and we see the judgment at the end and God declares exactly who was right. But sometimes in our lives, we're living in the audience and we're hearing and we don't know the finality of it. We don't know the outcome. It's not just written here. But as things are said in our media, as things are on our TVs, as things are said in our workplace, as things are said in our social groups, as things are said in our areas of influence, we need to be people that don't just go along with the bandwagon, but ask the question, how does God see this? How does God view this? Does this people matter to him? My opinion about them, is that okay? My opinion about this, is this okay? What does he think? And not just what does he think in the terms of like what some preacher dude says from somewhere, what I say, but you for yourself grapple with the areas within our society. Because how we see people, how we see our world, how we see those things around us will influence how we live, how we act, how we respond. Just this um, Friday, I was standing outside next door chatting to Sasha, the florist. And um, this geezer walks over. And he goes like, oh, got any money? Like, he's so flipping used to doing it. Like, there's no tact anymore. There's no, like, skill. It's just like, you're going to say no, so I'll just go straight for it. And Sasha's like, no, 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 whatever. And, and I looked at him, and I don't know what it was within me. I don't know what it was within me, because he's blatantly on benefits. And he's blatantly, um, I could tell by the way he acted and the way he spoke, um, probably high most days. But I just felt compassion for him. And I thought, am I just going to opt out and do the typical thing where I say, ah, he's a junkie, so I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. Or am I going to do the basic thing of just grabbing him the cheapest sandwich I can find and an energy drink? I felt challenged. And as he was standing there in front of me, I just thought, no, I'm going to go for lunch with him. So I went and grabbed a kebab with him because that's what he wanted. I was like, you fancy Greg's? And he goes, oh, Greg's is all right. I started flipping it. This guy's, this guy, oh, I was like, this guy's hardcore, man. Offer him a Greg's and he turns his nose at it. Man, this guy's a pro. So we went and we grabbed a kebab together and just started to hear his story and stuff like that. And you start to realize, like, man, this guy was a semi-pro footballer and it's just all gone downhill. It's all gone downhill. But how I see him matters because if I see him one way, He's just interrupting my conversation and I don't care about him. If I see him another way, he matters to me and he deserves my respect and my time because he breathes the same oxygen that you and I breathe. He's made in the image of a God like you and I are made. And if he is made in the image of God and if Jesus died for him and Jesus said he was precious enough for his blood to be shed, then he's worth my money for a meal out. What we hear what we believe, what we trust, will be lived out in our actions. We can't afford to believe a lie because we will treat people inhumanely. It was propaganda 
that caused the divide between the Hutus and the Tutsis. It's propaganda that caused the divide and allowed Hitler to have the power and the influence he had within his nation and society. What lies are we believing at a smaller level that we're rejecting and devaluing people that God loves and values? We can't afford it. It's not allowed. It's not on in Christianity. It's not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. We need for ourselves to seek and find the compassion of God and what he says about people and invest in that. I'm going to pray for us, and that'll be it. We wrap up this series, um, F64. Father God, I thank you for the bars in the Old Testament. I thank you that they had mad hard bars. I thank you for their simile. I thank you for their wordplay. Um, um, I guess this time we didn't look so much about their flow and the Hebrew rhyme scheme or any of that. We looked more at um, two prophets battling it out for their message, trying to be heard. We thank you, Father God, that the truth prevailed in this instance. But sadly, within our society, sometimes truth doesn't prevail in the ability to be heard and to be recognized and that the masses can be deceived. Actually, in that story, they were as well because they went through such hardship because of it. Father God, we pray that you would help us to be people that proclaim truth, that proclaim love, that proclaim your goodness, proclaim your word in our actions, not just our words. There are so many guys going out there talking about things and declaring truth with their words, but they'll never back it up with their money, with their heart, with their time, and their respect and honor of those which are stigmatized by society. We pray that you would live this out through us, that we would believe your truth and what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.